Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have a beautiful soul here with me today. Her name is Karina Pacific. Karina Pacific is a savvy and seasoned luxury real estate agent in L.A., particularly the South Bay and surrounding cities. Uh, She was born in Mexico, and she understood the pride, honor, and security that owning property gave her single mother, a sentiment she carries on to her clients. Besides advocating for her clients' investments, Karina is also a certified classical feng shui consultant. She enjoys helping others leverage their homes energy potential to enhance their health, relationships, and prosperity. Karina also believes in the value of service and takes great pride in servicing her community. A fellow Rotary member, she also supports Young Life and nonprofits that advocate for children. And the beautiful thing about Karina is that she also wrote a book called Choosing Magic, which is a memoir of her story here in the United States and in Mexico and her process of healing and recognizing that, you know, everything happens for us for a reason and we're finding opportunities and grace in all the difficulties of life. So make sure you go out and purchase her book called Choosing Magic. And I am so ready for this interview, and I hope you have an amazing, amazing time listening to this, because I know you will. Um, There might be a little bit patchiness, because my Wi-Fi at the moment was a bit wonky, but please, I know you, amigas, you guys have patience with me, and you guys have been here for so long that um, it's going to work out very seamlessly, and I hope you enjoy this podcast episode and know that um, this beautiful soul, Karina, has so much value, and I'm so grateful that she was able to make time on President's Day to come and interview with me. And so without further ado, this is Karina Pacific. 
Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm excited to have the beautiful soul here. Her name is Karina Pacific. Woohoo! I'm excited because um, she, I met her through a mutual friend, um, a mutual famous friend, and um, I just, I loved her from the moment, and then she, um, I was told about her book, and I've been like, okay, I want her book. I want her book. And now I have it in my hands. I already read it. So I told her before we got on the podcast, I said, oh, uh, you know, I know everything now. (laughs) (laughs) I know everything. So Karina Pacific is a realtor and she does luxury homes, luxury real estate and She's very, very, very um, famous here in the South Bay and um, does amazing work. She does feng shui. She really is honing her craft, but she's also an author to a beautiful memoir book called Choosing Magic, which is the reason why we're here, because I believe that many amigas can really, um, uh, you know, have so many similarities because as you know amigas we were it's all about truth talking here at amiga handle your shit and uh (laughs) we all know that you know if we are first generation uh, mexican american or latina american there's a lot of unspoken things and so how do we get to navigate that and so it's beautiful to see that karina she wrote a memoir choosing magic and she really touches upon all those things in her life. And um, we're just going to get started. So Karina, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Gracias, mi amiga. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that uh, Vera brought us together. And I love the name of your podcast. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, maybe some people cringe and then some are like, yeah, handle it. Yes, yes. Handle your shit. Handle your shit. And it's so interesting because what I have found, the ones that cringe are are the baby boomers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then the ex-gens and later, they're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. So I'm excited that, you know, people are very receptive to this podcast. And, you know, it's wonderful because I've had over 100 women on this podcast. Oh, nice. And it's so beautiful. And everybody has a different story. And so a lot of the amigas that uh, resonate with the story, they're like, Jackie, oh my God, this hit me here. And so this is the reason why I do the podcast, because I feel that, you know, as mujeres, um, especially our generation, um, have been forced to be quiet. Mm. And um, I believe that now hey, no more, no more. We're not forcing ourselves anymore. And we're not allowing anybody to force us to be silent. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to have you here choosing magic. So let's get started, Amiga. So Karina, why don't you walk us through, um, you know, your journey here in America? Ooh, so here in America um, or back home, how I came to America? So you came to the States, right? Yeah. Okay. So just tell us, how did you come to the States? And, and, um, we'll talk a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. How I came to the States, um, was in 1985. I was 12 and, uh, 
how I stayed or why I stayed in the United States was a complete God given miracle, complete, just like by the grace of chance of God. And, um, I was, you know, how our mother, my mother, our mothers, you know, Latina, you know, the older viejitas, they don't, um, they don't really tell you a lot. They just do. They, there's not a lot of communication. She, um, got a job in, in Houston where we kind of started. And, um, I thought we were here to stay. And for her version, I was just in the summer of 85 for vacation and then to be returned back to Mexico to be taken care of by who knows who, her family. And um, the family members I was supposed to have been returned with to Mexico um, and taken care of and she was supposed to send money, you know, cause I didn't have a father. Uh, they left me behind. They they just kind of went back to Mexico without me. And so now she has this job with this beautiful Brady Bunch like family, very affluent oil family in Houston. And she had to, she was forced to say to the family, I either go back to Mexico. Um, my family did not, you know, honor my request to take her back and take care of her, or I stay here and she's part of the package. And the family said, oh yeah, she stays. Like it was pretty much like pass the sugar, bring the bread. Like it was just nothing. And um, for two years we were there with this amazing family who treated me like more like family than my own family. And it was the first time I had like a family meal. It was too typical, like, a, like actually like where everybody passes the sugar and pass the bread and has conversation people hear each other they ask about the day so it, it was a they were a blessing through god as to why i stayed yeah yeah that that totally seems oh my god like brady <laughs> bunch you said brady bunch and and um just having a family meal oh. like a real family meal. And what a blessing that is that you got to discover that at the age of 12 years old with being an immigrant to this country. Yeah. Did you know English at the time? No, it was a complete culture of economic shock. Uh, no English, the basic, yes, thank you, whatever. Um, and I was, I mean, for lack of better words, my mother and I were kind of poor, you know, in, in sort of our standards now. And this family was affluent, huge estate home, pool, big community, two pools. Um, you know, immediately I had flute class, piano class in the house. Uh, we'd go to baseball and, and you know, great seats, basketball seats, my first airplane. Like they they just infused me into their, their very white privilege, for lack, for lack of better words, um, life. And they were very well to do. And I was able to see one extreme to the other very quickly. Wow. Wow. And so, okay. So you, you said two years. So yeah. walk us through. So why only two years? What happened? Well, I don't know. Cause we're still dealing with my mother. Yeah. And at some point we just uh, end up in Los Angeles um, where she started sort of moving around a different jobs. She was a housekeeper, which was very honorable job, hardworking. Um, she originally lived here in, in Los Angeles before I was born. Um, and she'd met my father here 
and had me here, procreated here, and then went back to Mexico. And the story, the short story is that he did not show up in Mexico. So she ended up staying in Mexico for support. So she lived here before. Um, so she had some, you know, some strings um, and connections for her to get back into the States. Yeah. And now I'm thinking that as an immigration attorney, I'm like, okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me think how, how she got back over here, but we're not going to talk she about did that. It, she did it legally. I mean, she yeah, yeah. did. I mean, for, uh, for a woman with no um, education, really great education. She, she got uh, us through from Mexico, yeah. you know, with, with her card, green card and in, or whatever card, I, you know, it was legally. So, yeah. and at some point we just became permanent residents or alien residence, such a weird I know. title. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So, you know, I think that a lot of, um, oftentimes, you know, she's a hustler. She's so focused on like just making ends meet. Yeah. Right. And so I know in, through the choosing magic, your, your book, you talk about, you know, the fact that very quiet, she was never she was never, um, you know, communicative with you. She, she never told you what, what was next. She never, never shared any message, never. And so I know a lot of this book touches upon what you had to do. You know, and that picture, like when you go to Mexico, that little yellow picture with a mother pulling the kid. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was literally me. Like she was just pulling me that whole time throughout life. And I was just, just being dragged around from thing to thing, to job, to job, to occurrence, to occurrence with no idea what was going on. Yes. And it's so <laughs> apropos. Thank you for reminding. Cause yes, you see that. They're mm -hmm. like, watch out for those that are running the the the, the <laughs> And I always, even as a kid, I used to think like, oh my god, like, like people are actually. But you know, you don't know as a little kid. Right. Like, why, why is that? Then afterwards, that you then you're like, oh, this is the reason why. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. So she was dragging you all over the place, yes. all over LA. Yeah. But and then one day you said, basta. That was during high school. At some point, I just realized that um, it was, I think, the second junior high school. And I realized um, I started seeing bigger and better. I said, I can be, I can be better. I can be get higher and, and, and thrive and grow. There's more to me. I knew there was that, like, there's more to this. And if I stay with this woman, which essentially that's what she was to me, this woman, she was not even she was a keeper for like a better word. She was not really, she didn't have that mothering skills or nurturing or anything. She was just like, you know, a, she, a keeper. She, she just kind of gave me food and shelter and moved me to a better country. But I knew that if I was going to grow, I needed to leave her because she was going to stall me and keep me behind. And, um, and I did, I left her two weeks after high school. Wow. Yeah. That is very brave of you to do. So did what, I mean, did you have a plan or did you just like do what she did, which is just take off? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have done that in my life. Um, I I was working a lot um, during my last years of high school. I had two jobs and I would babysit and I would I would just always out working um, and in high school. And then uh, so I had some money left um, 
and uh, that I put together. And at that time, I was dating a, a my first boyfriend, and his um, cousin had gotten accepted to Yale, and I was really close with his family. So I asked his auntie, um, I said, "Your your daughter is going to Yale. It's going to be gone. Uh, can I rent or can I use that room and then give you whatever I can until I kind of get on my feet? I'm happy to." help you clean the house or whatever it is and she let me use that room and from there I started moving around in other people's rooms Airbnb before it was an Airbnb situation oh yes oh my god that that probably touches upon what you're doing now in terms of real estate right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes getting some ideas so okay so here you are your your Airbnb in a room um and so I know that and in the book, I realized that you were in product selling, you know, Estee Lauder, and then also you became a manager at one point, yeah, yeah. that kind of work. Yeah. So, okay. So at some point you were doing that, but then something shifted in your life because yeah. you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I still love that. I love um, lotions and potions and beauty and um, and just ingredients. And I became an esthetician sort of years after. Um, it, but after the, being at the department store, you know, you go to the department store malls, so you're so enclosed. You don't know if it was raining, light or beautiful. And I didn't like how claustrophobic it was feeling. So I got a job across the street at, at a little coffee shop or a big coffee shop. And um, I like the concept of tips and extra cash and what have you. So I spent there 44 years and I really began to get out of my shell um, being in the uh, service industry outdoors with people and serving them. I love, I loved how I, it, I was shy because of, I'm very introverted. I, I, I had absolutely no social skills because I wasn't taught anything. My mother was not a communicator and I just was, you know, alone most of my childhood. So I was really like no social skills. I was a complete bore mm-hmm. and just being in, um, in that environment where I had to talk and I had to elicit you know, questions and I had to figure out how to make people happy and, and make them happy and laugh and engage that really kind of brought me out of my shell a lot. Uh, but I knew that I wasn't going to be a waitress forever. So I went to skincare school and um, I did that for quite some time. And I also loved it. Yeah. But I always had this little scratch in the back of my mind of real estate. And I think it really was because my mother um, worked very hard obviously she was never around what she did is she bought herself a duplex in Mexico Mm. and she rented one unit we lived in the other and so in her own non-communicative way she figured out that she needed another form of income and when we came to America she rented that duplex so money was collecting for her and now she's back in Mexico you know reaping the 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 her efforts just yeah. really using the the income she had throughout the years back in that same room where I grew up and um I, I think it was that sort of factor that you know real estate long-term investments work and it, it brought her security and honor and now a place that she you know she yeah. can go back to so that that's really amazing for a single mom and oh, to yeah. have the resonance 
that 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 is going to support me and my daughter because yep. you know you were the kid right at that time yep. so that is beautiful so now you had that at the back of your mind and then you said enough no more skincare no i i no more skincare um it was taking a toll on my body. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of hands-on work, and you're like this, your fingers, your arms, you know, it's just it's tough. And I I like my my existence. <laughs> so I just yes. uh and we um and we I live in the South Bay, which is beautiful, beautiful area of uh, you know, you're 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 a neighbor, so you know how it you know the community. And um I just went for it. Um and uh I'm doing well. I love it. Yes, I yes. see. I mean, I was in your website. I'm like, oh my God. I saw a, a house that you're selling off the strand. And I'm like, a ver cuánto cuesta. <laughs> <laughs> Amigas, she when I say luxury high end, yes, she does that. This house off of the strand, I was like, $16 million. And, like, it's, a, and it's a deal, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, well it is I guess yes and and you know in its own space you know yes. it's actually a really good value <laughs> my god no and it's always going to go up in in value because yeah. it's off the strand and I was thinking oh I would need like 10 million investors to buy <laughs> can find them <laughs> so so now you're you're selling this high-end luxury and um obviously Gloria's no 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 more like on your daily life. How is your relationship now with Gloria? Uh it's still very on the surface, very um just we just don't really we've never connected. You know, she to me is a, a bit of a, a stranger. Yeah. Um but I, we check in on each other every so often. She's in Mexico. She's getting older and we don't have a connection. We don't really have dialogue. Like we've never really exchanged personal, you know, she doesn't have the capability of um, dialogue, of friendship, you know, the balance back and forth. She's very much still a victim. Uh, you know, people do her wrong or just the mentality, you know, just very martyr and, um, so it's just, it's tough. So it's, um, and she's gotten more, you know, older and more stubborn. So it's yeah. in general, people like that, it's hard to help. And I just don't, I'm not able to, because it's not good for me. It's not good for her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But your relationship with your daughter is quite the opposite, right? Oh yeah. I'd like to think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You were very purposeful not to yes. have that, to get her more engaged and to be more communicative. Right. right. Yeah. Just elicit from her, let her have her own voice um, and let her be, you know, spread her own wings and be her own person. And um, I'm now divorced, but what we did really well, and um, we always are glad that we still keep that is that we were always to uh, able to drop everything and make sure to parent her where she needed um you know however it was to just give her the tools to to rise to nurture her wings you know build her wings and give her the tools to just to to you know be her own human yeah with no, with no strings attached right right yeah. right because they're all individuals we're all in our own journeys yeah we are we are 
you know, Gloria has her journey <laughs> and, and Karina has her journey, right? Yeah, and your daughter yeah. has her own journey and being mindful and, and, um, you know, of not like, cause I think oftentimes as mom, we're like, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. But there's a little balance because after all, you are the mom, you still, right. you're, you know, see things because you're older and wiser. You, you get right. to like help them navigate issues as they come by and that took a lot to learn and it was probably me listening being curious with people in general I would have very always been a fly on the wall and watchful with people eliciting from her or just proposing a question well how do you feel that would go how do you how do you feel about this person or like actually having her think about that decision that we know they shouldn't be doing but proposing that question scenario well if you do that how do you you know would that be a good choice because then this could happen and is that a circumstance so it's like proposing it in in a way and that was hard because I did not grow up with anybody having that kind of dialogue with me so somehow I pulled it off and um I think God kind of sends us the children we need yes yes I always say well Here's what I, my thought is that sometimes I'm like, Jackie, what, you know, we pick our parent and then you start to discover why the heck did I pick this parent? (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I say. I pick this parent. I mean, each parent is different in my perspective is like, okay, I needed this parent for this. Like I say, like my, my ability to argue was stemmed by the fact that my mom is really good at that. And mm. so, so I'm like, okay, this is why I picked her. This is how, this is how I think about it. And then in terms of my father, I've always, I have, I'm very, you know, like soft hearted, even though he's a badass, but like, I always felt that I picked him for his easy entrepreneurial touch. Mm. And so, you know, I say like, okay, well, God, God, like acknowledge what I wanted and brought these parents in my life. So I, you know, it's my, my, my perspective that, Mm -hmm. that we pick our parents and then later on in life, you realize why you pick them. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and, and by God's grace, I mean, I know that you're very, very aligned with God and Mm -hmm. with spirit and, you know, as, as I am myself too, how do you think, you know, all these human angels in your life had an impact on your life? All of my life, they, they, it was their impact. I would not, like, can you think about it? They, they, I was parent fatherless. I mean, practically motherless. Yes. Um, sexual, uh, uh, I was uh, sexually abused by close, uh, member and and raised myself I really kind of just invented for myself all the way up until just my entire life I just really have any guidance with a child is like you know a child needs to be nurtured supported loved encouraged validated seen heard all that stuff none of it and if it wasn't for those people along my life that kind of got sprinkled throughout my entire existence that kind of came in for a season or a reason and gave me a dose of wisdom, encouragement, 
um, advice, um, they are the reason why I'm somewhat of a sane individual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so tell me about your book in terms of like, okay, why did you write this book, Choosing Magic? Two reasons. One, uh, outside of the, you know, God and the heroes and angels that I've had around my life, um, I really changed my story, changed what I was given and healed a lot of open wounds by reading other people's stories. Mm-hmm. So by read, reading biographies, by memoirs, um, hearing other people's stories, the regular person like you and everybody else. So it was just by learning through other people that I was able to like, well, I can do that too. You know, if they can do it, I I can do that. And and just finding resources. I'm very open-minded into the wellness industry as far as modalities, therapy, psychotherapy, mediums, healers, you know, uh, intuitives, like use whatever it is, wherever you pull to, to kind of mend whatever needs a little bit of mending. Uh, and going to maintenance, you know, yeah. um, and two, because when in my twenties, which is in the book, which is my first sort of, you know, drop on my knees, God, I need help. I'm a hot mess. I am lost. I'm really, really, really lost. Um, that I came into that sort of self-development arena. Remember back in the Mm nineties and I did a lot of self-work, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So I wanted to chronicle what worked then to get me out of that bad phase for the future. Cause I knew I'd probably have another, you know, drop on my knees. I need your help, which was all of last year during my divorce. Yeah. And it was, and this was, I think, probably a different kind of darker because, you know, when we're young, we're, you know, we're like invincible. I mean, that's what happened when I left my mother. I was a teenager. If we can encapsulate teenage, that sort of that uh, courage that they have, um, or I, I had back then, you know, like I could do big, huge things in a hot second. So, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to chronicle also what I did in my 20s for future, you know, adversity. And um, and it came, I mean, it came in handy. I went back to reference my book during last year, going through my divorce, yeah. where, you know, it was very, very, very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Divorce is really challenging. I know that as someone who's done divorce law, yeah. um, had many clients and some still live in the trauma, still live mm-hmm. in their victimhood. And it's, it's so important to like really get out of that. And especially when you have kids, like that's, it should be the, the, the instrument that allows you to bring peace. Like, okay, how can I best provide for my kid? How can, how can we as a team do the best for our kid? Right. And, and you'd be surprised of all the clients that I've had, uh, some of them, I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard, but you know, you, you have actually made it happen. Like you are, you're now, you know, coming up for air, if you will. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. literally probably the last month. Yeah. I left, uh, made a decision late March last year. We got divorced December, but it was during the whole time. It was hard, like literally back on my knees. I need help. I'm lost. I'm in pain. Am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, it was tough with my daughters, tough with him. And, 
it's just um I kind of was I kind of liked this marriage thing you know even though I didn't grow up with it yeah. I was like oh this marriage thing is actually good I love the partnership I love the collaboration and the friendship and I got good at it um it just was not, you know, no longer in the cards. Yeah. It was no longer in alignment with you. Yeah. It was no longer in alignment for sure. And my health was really suffering. And when your health is compromised, you, you got to really think about your position yeah. on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I really, I mean, that, that goes with, uh, with me as in my life, like my health has been, well, had been declining forever practicing mm -hmm. law. And, and it was uh, like, I was being hit so much by God saying like, you got to stop, you got to stop, you got to stop until finally I had my human angel expose me to something different that I was like, oh my God. Okay. And then it was like, wow, what a game changer. What a game changer. That's great. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because your body sends you messages. Your body, there's a the great book out there. If people are interested, there's a book called The Body Keeps Count. Oh, and, um, and the body does keep count. Like it's just, you know, in my first phase, when I was having a really hard time, when my first drop on my knees, my 20s, my, I was having sort of a precancerous ovarian stuff and um, all kinds of migraines and stuff like your body is trying to always not tell you, but it keeps it in if you don't move it out. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And um, so you have pay attention if this, you're getting this ailment, this soreness, this consistent, not go is nagging at you. There's something, there's something you're, you're ignoring something, you're negligent of some, of something in your, your, mind typically in the mind right yeah yeah your spirit your heart is being broken your mind or you're not being taken advantage of you're not taking care of you like something is off your body is keeping it inside move it like freaking just move it yes. around find your way pay find attention you. exactly and you've done so much work in in self-healing yeah and, and just wellness and so you have been able to acknowledge that. So you were able to use those tools that you learned to, to help you and help others. Cause I know you're super involved in community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because I know, you know, you're bringing your full self to these communities that you help out. We do. I, I mean, I think we all need community, right? We need a sense of belonging. Most people, even the most, you know, introverted, lonely person that likes to have their time to themselves, we all need connection. So I, so when I knew I was going to be getting separated, I said, I think it's, this is coming to an end. I better build community. COVID happened. Yeah. And, um, but I came across Rotary through our dear friend, Vera. Yeah. And we were talking about, um, where I brought her into the Richstone Family Center, which is a local center that is um, for the prevention and treatment of child abuse for a lot of you know low-income Hawthorne kids. So she came in to kind of be part of it. She really loved the the mission because they they don't only just help the kids treat the child abuse and therapy and wellness modalities, but they also involve the family, which mm -hmm. is really ballsy. Like, you know, it's almost like in the, in the parents that actually do want help to help their kid and to help, you know, their community from any other sexual abuse. That's how you tell Latinos 
hey, you need help. <laughs> you need help. And you like your kid was sexually abused. You, you, you're essentially telling them you did something wrong, yes. which they didn't. But, you know, like you also need to be part of the solution. You're telling them you're doing something wrong. And that take, that's a lot of pride in us, you know, Latinos. And these families do come and they, they want to be part of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. As you were saying, like Latinos definitely don't want to hear it. Like they, I mean, they're the, they're the glorious of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They want to be, yeah. You don't tell them how to do it different. No. And yeah. And so they do do that. So, so Vera, um, in our conversation on, of community and giving back, because we have a very strong um, commitment to giving being a uh, service above self yeah. she introduced me to rotary and through rotary i've been the community chair for two years and i have 12 different areas of service and we just do all kinds of things you know from clothing drives or um food or you know halloween stuff for kiddos and domestic abuse or kids that are being you know families that are being hit and removed from very violent scenarios um all kinds of different things, um, dental uh, services for underprivileged kids, vision uh, glasses for underprivileged. So there's all kinds of different things that we do together, and I love it. That's so beautiful. That is that is what I say, changing magic, right? Like, ah, choosing, really, yeah. choosing, yeah. choosing magic. I really yeah. feel that is because, I mean, it's not like you have to do that, but you do it out of the the love that you know that um, you get to project all these beautiful things, um, the the self-awareness, the love, the compassion, the fact that we as women have voices and you're being a part of the solution, not the problem. As you said, you know, angels, guides, you know, they come to your world and, and, and um, it's only important. It behooves us to, to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. To yeah. pay it forward. Uh, I can't wait. I'd love to um, meet with you at the Rotary one day, but we'll oh, take yeah. that. Come, come, be our guest. come be our guest. And every Wednesday, well, every other Wednesday, we have a luncheon. So let uh, Vera and I host you and yeah. uh, and you can see our group. It's a wonderful uh, group of Rotarians are awesome because everything is volunteer. There's yeah. nothing, you know, it's uh, our motto is service above self. Um, yes, I and love that. It's just beautiful. There's, oh. they, they really saved my life through my divorce too. So, Aww. yeah, that's so beautiful. So, Amiga, before I let you go, because I know we're at the top of the hour here, yeah. do you have any tips for us on how an Amiga can handle her shit? Oh, <laughs> there's so many. Uh, well, not many, but, but a, lot are, a lot of them are very basic. Um, so, how I, um, some of the tips that I use for myself is to always find a positive in any negative situation you know, don't, don't dismiss it, but, um, there's, there's beauty in every situation, even when it hurts and it's painful, find the positive, yeah. um, keep a, you know, gratitude journal AM or PM, just write down, you know, things that you're grateful for, say it every day, got this, you know, be, have a, build a gracious heart. Yeah. Um, cause that's very filling. Yes. Um, yes. be nice to everybody you know, give them a smile, like the person at grocery store that just looks miserable because it's just, you know, they just, Hey, how are you doing, Jackie? What's going on? Give them a smile and call them by their name. If you see a name tag, I usually call it by their name. People like to hear their name. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, learn from others. Very basic. 
Um, be your own cheerleader. Yes. A cheerlead the smallest of little things, even just washing the dishes. Okay, I got through this, or I did the laundry all the way to I passed the exam, whatever. Just cheer the little moments because those will become big ones. Yes. And just don't take any effort for granted that you do for for yourself and others. I, I guess uh consider the people in your life, just gonna see make sure that they're, you know, they're bringing you it's a collaborative friendship or collaboration just make sure they don't deplete too much and they're not toxic make sure you know we are the what do they say the we are the average of the five people around us right right yeah. and, um, i like my five people have changed just through the decades or years so just make sure sometimes we're there with each other for a season or a reason and that's okay yeah know? totally i couldn't agree more with you absolutely Stop and smell the roses, like literally stop and smell the roses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting that you say that because this morning I heard birds chirping. Oh, yeah. For the first time in a long time. And I guess that's when you know spring is in the air. Aww. You know, so I was like, oh my God, that is so beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. stop, listen, smell, do yeah. all the things. Yeah. That bring love and peace and harmony and energetic vibe that is so positive. It is. Yes. One last one, and I probably the most important one, especially is listen and move your body. Listen and move your body. Listen to your body and move your body. If you're angry, if you're sad, if you're grieving, like find your thing, walk, run, yoga, hot yoga, lift weights, like let that shit out. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes. As, as, as Karina's saying this, I'm like, yes, raising my hands because it's, so <laughs> I, I always say that I'm like, if, if, if something is sucking, pivot, change your, your physical state. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if that means getting off of your desk chair and just go like walk. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk. Yes. Absolutely. Especially. Yeah. Take a, I mean, I'll take a, after this midday, I'll take a uh, walk around the block and just sort of move stuff. Yes. Just seven minutes. Like, you know, yeah. Move that, shit. <laughs> move that shit girls. I mean, yeah. yes, move that shit. <laughs> so Karina, where, where can our fellow amigas uh, get your book? Amazon, Amazon. And I'm working on the, on the audible of the, um, yeah, part of it, but right now, Amazon or choosingmagic.com. Um, if anybody wants, I can send them a little freebie, which is the free guide to 12 simple steps to enrich your daily life. I can give it to you. You can put it wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to put it in our show notes. Perfect. So that can yeah. like Go yeah. and, and uh, take a look at it. Thank For you. For real estate, I'm here, real estate Los Angeles. I just luxury. I have a lot of first time buyers and I'm loving them because you get to fulfill their their home buying dream. I know, I know. I We bought a house, this house uh, about over a year ago yeah. when, when the interest rates were okay. <laughs> yeah, you got lucky. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, but for amigas who are interested in the South Bay luxury living, Karina Pacific is your gal. Yeah. Like she's amazing. Or non-luxury, anything. I'm anything. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Airbnb, luxury living, first-time home buyers, whatever it is. Yeah. 
So I'm super excited. Thank you so much, Karina, for being Aww, here. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Uh, the, I, I'm so, I, I, we got to pick a date. We'll get on fly. Muy pronto. Muy pronto. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.